Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the D D motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This your boy Z Murray. What up, dog? This is Eshaw. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy DJ Paul KOL from Three Six Rock. Young Busy Ball. Vice World. This your man Matt from Mine and Hell Razor. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. We got a special guest coming back on. Uh, he really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway because this guy has started so many trends in the music business, I can't even keep count anymore. I've been covering him from, uh, well, for a few decades now. Uh, man, the one and only JT, the bigger figure, man. How you doing, JT? Hey, man, much love. Happy to be here. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Uh I know you've been, uh, um, you know, say overseas a lot, doing some uh, great things in Africa. Uh, man, wh- what's what's your experience been like over there, Jay? Uh, uh, it's got to be life changing. Yeah, man. Um, I think the biggest the biggest impact uh, that it had on me is that I'm actually from America, but to take what I learned in the rap game. And for Minister Farrakhan, you know, about helping to, helping to save my black people and helping to lift my black people that's on the bottom, there's so many people on the bottom over there that the work that I did in the rap game, uh, it's accepted over there. And um, my efforts for coming and for just trying to help with whatever I can, you know, uh, that that had a big impact on me with my life. It gave me more value. I feel more valuable now. I think uh, you know whatever I did in America, I done it. But as a as a as a cap off or as a highlight uh, after all my accomplishments here, 
to go be a servant for all them strangers in the villages, yeah, that that made me feel like, all right, now I'm getting something done. So I think that's the biggest impact that it had on me. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, a phenomenal thing. I, I really think, uh, you know, uh, it should be talked about more uh, because uh, what you're doing is, like you said, you're you're blessing people, um, you know, on the other side of the planet um, with, with something, you know, and I commend you for that, man, because not enough people uh, are taking that initiative to do that. You know, um, what initially told you that, you know, I, I want to go over there and, and try to make a difference? Um, I was invited in 2016 to come to Africa, and they was going to pay for it. And they, uh, it was, I re- basically, it was a delegation of, of sports, recruiters, a doctor, uh, and I represented hip-hop and uh, entrepreneurship. So the delegation was a group, something similar to that right there, and they paid for us to come to Burkina Faso in 2017 is when we actually went. And uh, going there and just speaking to the villages, speaking to the children, um, I wanted to do something that meant something. So while I was there, I actually uh, paid for a water well because I've seen Jay-Z do it, open them do it. When I got there, I could see why people come and pay for water because, shit, it don't cost that much money, but that water lasts, you know, it might be there 100 years, you know, 50 years. Well, these people got water. So um, by doing that, I just seen that I think I could be an impact in Africa, and it's a challenge. So I told them that I would come back to help do some more work. Uh, I went back a couple times to visit, and then in 2019, October 7th, uh, I, I got on the plane, and I said, I'm going to go move over there and go set up shop. So I sold, I sold all my stuff over here. And uh, I went over there, and I began to buy land and to build more another water well and to do the music business, to, you know, interviews, photo shoots. I threw a concert over there. Um, I, put my, I brought my wife and my children. I put my children in school over there. I hired drivers. I hired uh, housekeepers. You know, I basically put back into the economy through the work I was doing. And... Uh, yeah, I just came back to America maybe two weeks ago, so I've been there for 21 months. October 7th will be my second year anniversary being in Africa. Man, that's beautiful. Congratulations, man. That's that's a, uh, such a good way to connect with people, you know what I'm saying, on, on such a real level. You know, um, I think you being uh, an artist, You've been a people uh, people person your whole career. You know uh, you're around the fans. This is this is very good. I hope it sets a trend for others to follow. I know Black Dog from Murder Dogs over there. Shout out to him. Um, he's uh, teaching. Uh, like I was telling you off air, he was teaching uh, uh, kids you know art and music over there. Um, yeah. People think that you have to help people where in your perimeter, right where you're from, and that's bullshit. You, 
anybody anywhere on this imaginary uh, borders carved in the sand, it don't matter, whether it's China, Africa, wherever. It's a beautiful thing, man. Again, I commend you for that. Um, how you been feeling, man? This uh, uh, this COVID thing, you know, uh, kind of crazy, uh, man. I know fucks with artists be able to move and, and get out and do things. You be able to, uh, you know, do any shows or anything since things started opening up again? Well, actually, the time that I've been here and my observation of the COVID uh, crisis is that. It's a real, it's a real crisis. It's a real problem. Um, yeah. Being a follower of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he told us that this is not something that's just man-made, but it's a pestilence from heaven, and the pestilence is used by God to cause a problem where people actually start calling on Him again. You know, it's a real problem. Um. It's in Africa, but it's not that bad. It's over here in America. It's worse than any other place in the world. But, you know, uh, he told us to keep our mask on wherever we go. So my my, uh, understanding of it now is that I got to take it more serious because I would go around a lot of people without masks in Africa because I didn't know nobody who had it. But now we got new Delta virus, or what is it, the variant Delta virus. I'm like, oh, man, uh, I think I better uh, take heed to what he said, man, keep that mask on. So I'm not trying to go around no parties. And, like, I just, I'm going to take it serious. Because yeah, once you get I, it, I, I know somebody who got it right now out here. And he said he went to L.A. on the trip and then came back, and he got the Delta virus. Mm. Man, that's horrible. He said they didn't give him no medicine or nothing. Well, it's really good luck, buddy. Fuck. So, how's he doing? My, uh, well, is he you feeling know what? okay? Is he got he, bad he, symptoms? He said he's feeling okay. He said uh, he was taking a lot of tea and soup, and he just been laying down. He said it make his body feel like he's walking upstairs, but he's actually laying down, but his body feel like he's been walking up the stairs. Wow. He said he feel drained. Uh, he's not coughing that bad, but he said his energy is all the way down. Now, I just seen him in Miami, and he said he quarantined away from his wife and children for 10 days. So he mm. said he sat in the hotel for the 10 days, and now he just went to Miami. So I don't know if he took another test. I don't know, but for him to get diagnosed with it, but he got business, he got to go handle. Yeah. So I don't know if it leaves your body. I'm going I'm to I'm ask him, man, like, you know, did it leave your body? Is it still in your body? Because if it's still in your body and you at this concert and at this party with no mask on, then that's already that's 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 I can't I can't tell him what to do, but I'm just saying maybe more other people doing that same thing. They didn't got diagnosed. They stay in the house a few days. Now they back out once they feel better. Yeah, yeah, it spreads it because I think you can and then it spread, spread it for for uh, two weeks or something like that. 
So, yeah, that's uh, it's it's crazy times, man. Me, I I got a, a, a illness, man, called myasthenia gravis. It's a form of muscular dystrophy. So if I get it, I'm fucked. So I gotta, uh, you know, I gotta really be careful. You know, same with the elderly, and same with uh, the very young. I see children are being hospitalized now. So yeah, this shit's scary, man, for sure. You know, um, but you know, we'll get through it. I, I'm very confident of that. You yourself, brother, you've been through a lot of things, man. Um, you know, and and, and you really, uh, your longevity in the game is just amazing. People don't give you the credit you deserve because I believe uh, you've set up a lot of uh, things for, for other people to be able to make money in the game. You know what I'm saying? You're one of those guys that created platforms. Um, mm-hmm. And you definitely should get your recognition. You, Speaking of the game, you discovered the rapper of the game. Um what was uh, what was that experience like, man? And uh, have you talked to him since uh, you know what I'm saying since you guys fell out years ago? Um, I've seen him a couple times in these twenty some years. I met him at a, a hip hop conference with Minister Farrakhan and Russell Simmons in Beverly Hills, 2002, February 14th, and. Uh, I brought him back to my neighborhood to produce his first album with Shanti and Gazi mixing it. And I began doing the promotion for it at that time. Within one year, Dr. Drake came and signed him. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. So me and him never had no relationship outside of that. Once he signed, you know, you know how these rap guys are. They, they act like they don't know who the guy who put them on. So, uh, that's just another part of my story that made my story even more interesting is that I actually have uh, monumental people and things that I launched, but they never would say. Nobody would let they'd, they'd never say. Only the deep we'll underground credit, people know, yeah. oh, JT done that. Yeah. yeah. We've been taking notes. <laughs> We've been taking, well, man, shit. I remember seeing the ads in the Murder Dog. I remember interviewing you in the Murder Dog. And I remember shortly after I interviewed you, I, I interviewed the game for the cover, uh, 2005, you know, right after you got with Dre and whatnot. And uh, I brought up your name, and right away, oh, man, don't bring up his name. Uh, you know, it's like they want to conceal uh, those who help them get from point A to point B, and it shouldn't be that way. Yep. Well, you know, that was definitely painful for me to go through, but... He's not the only one. There's many people that I help kick off, you know, uh, things that's beneficial for them. But to God be the glory, and that's what gives me my strength to keep going. Because now, all these years later, next year will be uh, 30 years. It'll be 30, 30. years. Wow. Yep, it'll be 30 Hell years. And with game, right, it'll please. be next year, it'll be 20 years. So 20 yeah. years later from his thing, from him blowing up, if you look at him now, it's almost like he's nothing. I mean, I, now he's something. Let me, let me say, let me reword that. If you look at him now, in the modern rap game right now, he's still a legend. He's still a factor as far as impact, influence. But in terms of relevance, 
it's almost like it's zero relevance when you're not making no noise and you ain't got no albums, no videos. You know, when you don't, when you don't, when you don't have those things working for you. Once you so big and come back down here to that level, you know, um, I don't know. I think he kind of blackballed himself in some kind of way. Like he was, he had everything. Like he had it lined up like Fifty Cent. But when he fell out with Fifty Cent, the same way how he tried to fall out with me, he talked about Fifty like Fifty was a dog. He talked about Fifty Cent, the man that actually got his deal authorized. He had signed to Dr. Dre, but Dr. Dre had him on a shelf until Fifty Cent said, "I put him in the G unit," and that's when he got activated. That's when he got his first single with Dr. Dre. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fifty was on the first album, and you know, well, he's got that whack one hundred guy around him. Um, you know, always uh, making kind of weird headlines and and whatnot. You know, it's like stick to the hip hop, or you know. But yeah, man, you you definitely paved the way for a lot of people. We just had uh, a few months ago Little Rick on, and he was talking about his first album. Uh, you know, working with you a little bit on that. You know, uh, what did you do for him on that album? Did you do a lot of the production? Or I produced. Mixed in? Yeah, I did a couple of songs of production for him. Yeah. Yeah, well, take us back to those days, man. Uh, what was it like, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, coming up in in that era? So much talent, man. RBL posse, I mean, so many people. Man, we was all under 21 years old. And we was really all like 19, 18, yeah. 19 years old. So that's the same way how Soldier Boy and them did it. That's the same way how these young guys, too shifty, they got their time. The difference back then, it wasn't as modern as now. It was no technology involved except a newspaper or the radio or television. Those was or or what we like is to hunt for those cassette tapes of the newest rappers, and we all used to hunt for tapes, and that's how we discovered our favorite rappers or guys like me who was producing product. My name was growing. So I seen that guys would only do one album. So I started the trend of doing multiple albums back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. And back then... That that trend wasn't popular yet. Now you got guys like Mozzie and Filthy Rich that have dropped back to back to back. You know, oh. so um, it was no, nah, it was exciting, man. We was young, we was, you know, it was it was uh, the environment wasn't really violence in the music. The violence was in the streets. Now the violence is in the music. Yeah. What, what did you first think of Master P when you saw him? I thought he was from Richmond. First impression was that he's a whack rapper, for sure. And, and as far as the quality and the sound, he didn't rap like us. He rapped like he was from somewhere else, for sure. So he didn't really fit in with our sound. But I'm the first person to work with him, though, as far as to help him get a real buzz was um, The Ghetto Trying to Kill Me. That's the first album he got respected on. And me and yeah. San Quinn got that on that album. album. And me and San Quinn got on that album, and that's when he took flight. Then he came back and did West Coast Bad Boys, and that's 
He watched me gather all the artists together. Then he watched Herm Lewis gather all Frisco. So he said, I'm going to just gather everybody in the Bay. And then that's how he did it. And that worked. Yeah. Yep, it worked. Yeah, it definitely got uh, no limit to the next level. Um, you know, it's, it's it, but that that whole era, I mean, I, I can go on and on. Pooh Man, uh, you know, Cold World Hustlers, you know, 11-5, Rest in Peace, Mano. I mean, so many groups and different people. Um, you know, now uh, it's it's really oversaturated. You know what I'm saying? you got to kind of dig to find the talent, man. Um, are you working with any uh, uh, cats in the Bay now? If so, who who are some good ones that you think we should look out for? Nobody. Yeah. As far as That's... me working with, I'm working with nobody. When I moved to Atlanta 12 years ago, I lived there for 10 years. I came back and forth to the Bay, but I saw so much jealousy. You know, I'm down there working with the Migos, Gucci Man, Future, Young Thug, all the stars from down there. Before they became stars, I got to go lay my base with them. And now they're household names. So coming back to the base, I don't really feel the same love. They got new generation of support, so I wouldn't build my base all over America. So I probably got more love and all the other places, they'd be more happy to see me because, you know, I'm not from there, but I hang out there. I live there. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're but out there with the people. They got some, they, they got some artists, though, out here. A guy named Junior Bands, young Junior Bands. I like him. They got a guy from Filmo named uh, Mo Better Cheddar and um, Showy. So them two, I'm supporting all the way, 1,000%. Mo Better Cheddar got a song called The Filthy. It's on BET. Uh, he on the radio out here playing. He picking up steam, you know. So that's who I'm. That's who I. That's who I put on the map and shout out right now. Well, definitely look for him. You know, we had on the other day. We had uh, No Hate Man. Um, Go talk about Bay Area. Um, legendary things. He did a lot of logos, man. Did he do the original Get Low uh, Records logo, or was that you? Did that? Who? Noah Hayden. Who? I'm not sure, man. I can't remember the name of the person who did it. I know yeah, he came yeah. on my Instagram and said I made that logo. So shout out, shout out to whoever made it. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, a lot of history, man. Um, last time you were on the show, you were telling me, uh, like, I think three days after your daughter was born, you were, uh, or two days, uh, you were uh, shot with an AK-47 at, at close range, and uh, you were in the hospital for a long time. How did you get through that, brother? My faith in God and my family, you know, and my purpose for living. And when I woke up, out of surgery and I wasn't dead <laughs> I was just happy to be here <laughs> yeah. so to God be all the glory if God specifically kept me alive to be shot like that with that type of gun most people died from one shot I got shot three times 
But everything yeah, on my that's... body works. I can walk. I can run. I can have babies. Everything works. So that's how I know it's from God. If you look at me, you would, you would think nothing never happened to me. Healed up real good. Yeah, because I see yep. the pictures. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, to, to survive that, man. That's and, and then for it to heal up like that to where you're not affected, that's great. Plus, uh, you got to think about it, man, your purpose, man. Look at the work you're doing now, the people you're helping. You know, um, you know, you, you you were not meant to die. You know. Nope. Nope. Because I would have died, brother. You know, I would have died. I got a friend, a couple of my friends in Atlanta, all, both of them got shot with an AK-47, one bullet, and both of them died. Both mm. of them died, man. All it takes is that one shot. This could be a smaller gun can take you out, but when you get hit with the machine guns, what I could tell somebody, though, listening, is that as much as you think it hurt, it go numb before it go before it like hurt. It's more numb than anything, you know. And uh, what I learned also in the street life: never panic if you get shot, because the more you panic, the quicker your blood leave your body. And I learned that back in 1989, 1991, something like that. Uh, OG told me when he got shot. He was saying something about you got to breathe slow because if you breathe fast, you make your heart pump faster. So breathe in your nose and out your mouth. And also, when your mouth turns dry from your blood leaving your body, do not drink no water. Your body will go into shock immediately and you will die. So that's for the viewers out there. If you ever see somebody, one of your friends, or if it ever happened to you, God forbid, Never panic. Breathe in your nose and out your mouth as slow as you can. And when your mouth turn into fucking, uh, excuse my language, as soon as your, your mouth turn into uh, cotton balls and it feel like your, you can't, you know, swallow, don't drink no water. Wait till you get to the hospital. And don't give nobody water if they get shot and they ask you for water because you will kill them with a, with one cup of water, with one wig of that water, it would kill them. I'm so thankful now I know why the guy wouldn't give me no water. And I'm like, man, I need some water. He's like, man, I can't give you no water. You got to wait. I say, man, I can't breathe. <laughs> He's like, man, you got to wait. So, yeah, that was that was, uh, that was definitely experience, you know. But that's part of my story, man. I'm a survivor. So I could tell other yeah. people, keep your head up when you're going through bad things. You know, what looked bad might be some good in it also. Because by me, by me going through that experience, I don't trust people the same. I, I move different, you know. Um, uh, I cherish my family even more. Well, each day yeah. that I'm alive, you know, coming up next year, it'll be five years since that happened to me. So each year is like a celebration of life. Man, I'm still alive. I'm still here. You know, March 28th, I was I, I could have been out of here. Yeah. 2017, yeah. 
Man, that's that that that's a huge blessing. And like you said, it puts everything into perspective, like your family, um, you know. What do they think of uh, uh, when they're going to uh, Africa with you? Uh, what, what do your children think of that experience? Helping build My homes children, and whatever, you know? Uh, I think it was an adjustment of America living to Africa living, um, being exposed to villages, you know, areas that's not developed. Uh, I think it was I think it was an experience for them like I wouldn't say life changing because they are still young, but I would say it's gonna have an impact on them knowing that they can go farther than just being a local person. Like they could go international now. They got friends and family in America. They got friends and family in Africa. That I think that's the biggest impact. Yep. Yeah, that's a wonderful experience for them to have. They'll never forget. Um, <clears throat> definitely, definitely, man. Um, what about, uh, tell us about um, the magazine you did um, with Snoop, Mandatory Business. What, what gave you the idea for that? I wrote a book called Black Wall Street CEO Manual 2002. And just the concept of making print, a print product from pictures and words uh, and people paying to get on the front cover and people paying to be on the inside and buying pages and buying interviews, that I think uh, it was it was another level of like being making albums or making movies. Except it's this time it's just take a picture and get somebody to type it, get somebody to design it, get somebody to print it, and now I can sell this. This is this is real estate. Yeah. Yeah, this is real estate. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a shame what happened in the magazine game though, man. Uh, you know, like the murder dogs and forty eighties. Uh, so many classic magazines. Now everything's online. Everything's digital. Uh, but you, man, you've adapted with that as well. You know, uh, trap flicks. How uh, how are things going with trap flicks these days? Uh, right now, we just got the site re uh, redesigned, and the app and the site has been redesigned. So we, at the end of the month, a few more days, uh, we should be able to see some progress on the site. Um, and as far as making new films, I'm in the process of that right now. And uh, I've been working my YouTube, Traplex TV YouTube channel, keeping myself relevant through the YouTube channel. So, uh, yeah, Traplex, though, it slowed down in terms of me creating new films, but I kept making new content by filming what I was doing in Africa, and that became a valuable asset. Yeah, oh, yeah. That became a, a yeah, that became an asset. But I'm real excited to to get back into making new new episodes and new movies. But the foundation that I laid, the bootleggers who still sell bootleg DVDs, they still making money off all my movies right now. Oh, all man. over America. Anywhere where bootlegs is at, they got my movies there. Yeah, cuz you got a gang of flicks. Um 
you know, but uh, yeah, man, definitely the YouTube game is uh, uh, really uh, where it's at right now as well. So it's good to keep yourself relevant with that, as you say. Um, I got the homie Sin from France before we go. I know he's got a couple questions for you. I'm going to bring him on real quick, uh, JT. Uh, Sin, you there, brother? Yes, yes, sir. Hi, hi, Scott. Hi, Legendary T. And I love you, JT. Did we get to get up? Hey, man. Yeah. Want so much love to you. Yeah, so too. Um, can you tell us about your first album, I Don't Stop Till We Major in any two? And also about the, the song SFC with the RBL, Sun Queen, Seth Garfland demo. Classic. Almost 30 years old. Yeah, it's almost 30 years old. And what's your question? He wanted to know oh. about that. He just wanted you to tell him about that project, the, um, the first album, and then the song uh, uh, SFC, RBL Posse, yeah. San Quentin Seth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was in 92. I released that November 16th, 1992, the same day Dr. Dre dropped the Chronic album. And, uh, you know, the Don't Stop Till We Major was my first effort at an album, but six months earlier, or five months earlier in June, I had released Putting It On The Map EP, that six-song EP. And... Uh, that was six songs that I had, I had produced, or I had somebody actually producing it for me. But my "Don't Stop Till We Major" album was my first, uh, my first hand at making some beats myself, rapping on them myself. And uh, my homeboy Jiggle OG made the SFC though. So the SFC was produced by Jiggle OG at Funny Bunny House in Richmond, California, and. Uh, me and Demo and San Quinn and Seth, uh, San Quinn was added on to the song. He wasn't part of our crew, but he was so good, I said, let him stay on the song. Yep, I let him stay on the song, and he, he, he got one of the biggest impacts on that song, San Quinn. So that was his introduction uh, to this rap game. And uh, RBL Posse, they was from Hunters Point. And we had just recently squashed our beef with our two neighborhoods, Fillmore and Hunters Point. And that song uh, was the first thing that we did together. And that uh, that helped my career a whole lot because I got RBL on there. But we represented San Francisco, so it became an anthem for our city. And it became an anthem for unity in our city. So that yeah. song actually helped save lives for, for the young people, our generation, so that we don't shoot at them no more and they don't shoot at us. And for all these years, almost 30 years, our neighborhood has been at peace, almost 30 years straight. Wow. That's got to make y'all both. We just had Black C on here uh, last week. I should have asked him about that, man. Um, that must make you both feel real good. You know, to uh, yep, I just like went to that his house. saved lives. Yeah. And you know, it was like it was like making a statement for our young generation that we could focus on something bigger and better. And that's being creative, that's being businessmen, that's being artists, 
that's going after our dreams, and that's trying to stay out of prison, and that's trying to not get killed. Yeah. And you're both still here today. That's right. R.I.P. to our brother, Mr. C., who lost his life January 1st, 1996. You know, uh, and that war started a war that's still continuing to this day. By losing him, now instead of them having a problem with us, they went to war with each other, and they lost a lot of black men since since 1996, man. Mm. Yeah. That was a horrible year for hip-hop. Yeah, oh, and Tupac. Yeah. And uh, can I tell us about the, the deal with uh, your label, uh, Get Low Records and uh, Priority Records 95, how, how it was? Yeah, how'd you get your deal with Priority? Um, well, I put out a tape in June of 92, putting it on the map. I put out Don't Stop to E Major, November 16th, 92. In 1993, I put out one album, Players in the Game, November 18th. And then in 1994, I put out the GLP, Demo the Gapler, San Quinn, Rich the Factor. I produced so many albums in one year that I was a superstar record label and uh, Priority Records and a number of other companies that contacted me, but I went with Priority Records. And, uh, yeah, that deal was a, it was a good deal, but I was still young and still building my business side, so I made a lot of mistakes, and the deal didn't turn out good for me. But Master P, he did good. You know, and he he used the formula that I used in '94. He started doing it in '95 and '96, and flooded the market with his product, and became you know a household name. Yeah, Master yeah, right. P definitely uh, soaked up game from from people like yourself. Yeah, like I said, man, at the beginning of the show, you guys set a lot of trends. Um, how does it feel knowing that you helped influence a guy who eventually went on to sell about 75 million records? Man, it feels so good to know that I I don't take credit for that. I just take the piece that I that I play for helping kick it off and to see it happen. I think that's what gives me my strength not to never stop. Like right now, this year to me is like 1995. It's 2021, but to me, in my mind, I got the same opportunity that I had back then, except now it's on the worldwide scale. So all I got to do is produce the product that put me on the map, on the bigger level now. And I still got a chance to be just as big as Master P or bigger. Like Jay-Z, Kanye West was signed to Jay-Z, but now he's worth more than Jay-Z. Yeah. yeah, man. The sky's the limit with you, brother. You know, you've done so many things over the years. Um, you're one of the people that can do that. And when they speak of the Masterpiece, the E-40s, the E-Es, Jay Prince's, you know, um, you're definitely one of them guys, man, that should be uh, spoken about in those same breath. 
you know. Um, well, yeah, because you you and uh, you and Sibo pays away for Master P. You pays away for the for the bay. Pays away, yeah. Play your head. Play your head as ninety four. How it was to work with uh, with P for this song? Oh, for work with who? For the song "Play Your Haters" with Sanquin and Master P. Yeah, yeah, yeah Master P. Uh, that's the, that's when I taught him all the secrets of what to do, and then I got on the song with him and produced it, and that's what you know uh, gave him some elbow room. The same way how RBL Posse helped me get noticed by their market, my market was able to get to notice Master P for for what he was doing. Right. And then doing that song we made it at my mother house. Oh my Alistair in San Francisco. Yeah, that's what little Rick was doing. Right. Didn't you uh do that little Rick album at your mother's house too? Yep. He came by. Yeah, Master Pete brought him to come get some too. Wow. Wow. You were like the early beats by the pound right then and there, then, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It all it all play a part in who I am today. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and tell us about your the earlier San Francisco rappers in the eighties, fall eighties, maybe before you. Uh, you grew up on. Tell us about them, maybe. Yo, Huey MC, Rapid Forte, Cool Net. Those are three names that represent our city, San Francisco, before uh, before it became popular to be a rapper. Those was our only three rappers. Now, they probably had some other rappers. I just don't know who they are, but the ones that had an impact on me was Rapid Forte, Huey MC, and, uh, and Cool Net. And and do you remember your first concert, your first live stage, maybe in Frisco? First concert. Man, my my first concert, I would have to say it was in my neighborhood, Fillmore, at the Juneteenth or at one of our local parties. Hmm. Okay, right. Are you nervous? Um, probably not because I wanted to be a rapper so bad. So the nervous part, I know all these people. And the songs, I had already played them through the radio to let people hear my music. So once they liked it, then I, to get on stage, it was easy. I came in with ultra confidence. I had no doubt in my mind I'm going to be a star. It's amazing how some people have that vision, you know, and they tell people, like, um, I remember seeing, um, I forget who, it might have been P or E-40, one of them guys, they were framing the records, like, when they, uh, yeah, it was P, uh, when he was on In A Minute, he was already framing the records that he was putting out on In A Minute. It's like, you guys have this vision, like, I know I'm going to get from from here to where I want to be, and then you go out and achieve it. Multiple fronts. You know what I'm saying? Thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us again, JT. It's always an honor, brother. Um, before we do get out of here, I want to give you the floor. Um, 
is there anything that that we didn't cover or anything you want to mention or social media or whatever, man? It's all yours, bro. Yeah, man. Y'all can follow me on YouTube at Traplix TV and Traplix is spelled T-R-A-P-F-L-I-X TV on YouTube. And you can follow me at JT Bigger Figure 415 Instagram. Oh, yeah, definitely. And definitely, also, man. to add one more Four. thing, traplix.com to watch all my movies that I put out. The site is almost ready, but you can register early. And, uh, yeah, come on and tap in with me. It's all love. I, uh, I appreciate being on the show, man. Much love to you all for having me. And shout out to all the viewers out there, or all the listeners, man. God bless you all out there. You all stay safe and keep pushing. Definitely, definitely, brother, and uh, we'll do this again in the future. You be safe, fam. We're going to get out of here with one of your uh, classics. Something crucial. Hey, something crucial. All right, man. Uh, Turn me up on the headphones. Uh, something crucial, nigga. They acting like they love me, but I know they really hate me. I felt they presence coming to room for steady faking. Sitting at the table, watching over my shoulder. The niggas ain't to be trusted, pulling a pistol out of my holster. It's the closest that we've been since the drama jump. I ain't no punk, I caught him slipping, now he ain't with the phone. I got my kids, then we show them past the niggas, no. Them haters got the ghetto passes to feel more. And it's official coming to get you if you cross the line. I got my title making a hundred million on the grind. Them corporate copies trying to stop me, but they found the shredder. And if you got a problem, talk to the bird up under my sweater. My desert needs to make it simple when I bet you that. And ain't no one the ones with haters walking around with gas. So I'ma keep in mind my own up in the ghetto streets. And never ever get caught up in the next nigga beat. Some crucial nigga. Niggas holler when you see me, ain't no smiling. Acting like you're wildin', but you know for getting whooped on. Let the nigga take your yolo steady, getting his cook on. Trying to play that tough role. Get your fucking outro when I bet you. You trying to get your win, but if you want, then I'ma catch you. It's a dirty game, they ain't playing by the rules. Hustles trying to feed their family steady, getting took out their shoes. Born as a family man, God as a G. Getting little to see his baby boy turn three. My son is calling me. When I see him, then I hug him. Gotta love him, cause his ass is on the block. He's steady muggy. Steady pushing pines while my team makes a getaway. Haters want my title, but it's already put away. Safety boxes loaded for 57 combinations. Ain't no hesitation when I'm blasting like the Haitian. Some pushing nigga.
conversation on the freeway. Hit South 05, man, we did it live. Down two weeks on both streets. So the surf flow up. 407 is VIP. Understand me? Doing it right. And I still got my baby on the NBA stride. You some push, nigga. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.